Welcome to the end of week four of our look through the New Testament, day five. We're looking at the book of James today. The book of James, in two words, is faith works. It works. We used to have a can opener in our house that it barely cut. It had to run it around like two or three times. It was automatic, so it like would drop the can halfway through opening, and you'd have to stick it back on. And then at the end, after you took the can off, you had to whack it on the side because it would keep running if you didn't. Well, we just sort of got used to it not working as it should and, and just sort of automatically did all of those things. Then we got a new can opener, and it was a wonderful day. Do you ever wonder why we put up with things that don't work like they should? It's okay with a can opener, but you should never put up with a faith that doesn't work. James is about how faith works. It begins, James 1.1, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. So who was James? This isn't the apostle James. He was killed for his faith at the beginning of the book of Acts. This is James, the brother of Jesus. You may not know about the family of Jesus. There were at least seven children in Jesus's family. Matthew 13, 55 to 56, they say of Jesus, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And aren't all his sisters with us? So sisters, he had at least two sisters. He could have had 10, who knows, but he had at least two. And he had four half-brothers who are mentioned here, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. Now they're half-brothers and half-sisters, obviously, because Joseph was the father of all these and God was the father of Jesus. His brother Jude, Jesus' brother Jude, wrote, Judas wrote the book of Jude. His brother James wrote the book of James. And there's some things that we know about James from the Bible. We know that he struggled with belief along with the rest of his family in John 7, 2 to 5. We know that he was present on the day of Pentecost, Acts 1, 14 tells us. We know that he had a personal meeting with the resurrected Jesus. <laughs> Imagine that, your brother resurrected, the Lord, the Savior, God, and he meets with them. 1 Corinthians 15, 7 tells us. We know that he was the leader of the Jerusalem church, Acts 12, 17, 15, 13. And we know that here at the beginning, he calls himself a servant rather than a half-brother. He could have said, James, the brother of Jesus Christ, but he just says, a servant of Jesus Christ. So you see his humility even in the beginning. His readers, we see here, are the first century Christians scattered everywhere. The 12 tribes refers to the tribes of the Jewish nation. Simeon, Gad, Asher, all the 12 tribes, I won't mention them all, who are descended from the sons of Jacob. Remember that the church in Jerusalem was mostly Jewish believers because Jerusalem was mostly Jewish. And so James, as the leader of that church, was the leader of a Jewish group of Christians, even as Paul was the leader of the Gentile Christians. He's writing to those who've now been scattered abroad for many various reasons. And he's writing from Jerusalem to those scattered throughout the Roman Empire about how to live a life of faith. One sense of this book is that it's working instructions for the Christian life. It's how faith works. And he just goes through this list of the times, the places where we need faith to work. Faith works. He starts in chapter 1, verses 1 to 12. When you have problems, verses 2 and 3, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. That's how faith works when you have problems. In James 1, 13 to 18, he says, faith works when you're tempted. He says, faith works 
to change my actions in chapter 1, verses 19 to 27. James 2, 1 to 13, faith works in your relationships. Chapter 2, verses 14 to 26, faith works in all of life. James 3, 1 to 12, faith works to tame your tongue. How else can you tame your tongue, he says. James 3, 2, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. Well, none of us are perfect. We all stumble in what we say. We think, even when we think we're saying the right thing, we say the wrong thing sometimes. I get it when I say the wrong thing, and I know immediately I said the wrong thing, but there's times when I think I said the right thing and it was the wrong thing. We stumble in many ways, and faith works to tame our tongue. Faith works when you have envy, James 3, 13 to 18. Faith works when you have quarrels, James 4, 1 to 12. Faith works when you're hit by pride, James 4, 13 to 17. Faith works to handle greed, chapter 5, verses 1 to 6. Faith works when you need patience, 5, 7 to 12. Faith works when you pray, chapter 5, verses 13 to 20. 17 to 18, James writes, Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Prayer works. Faith works. Now, the key verse in the book of James, I believe, is James 1.22. Do not fool yourselves by just listening to his word. Instead, put it into practice. So the key word is practice. James is a book, a how-to book on Christian living. James teaches us how to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. For that reason, some people have called it the Proverbs of the New Testament because it gives us statement after statement after statement about how to live out the life of faith. James also reminds us in many ways of the Sermon on the Mount. To me, it's the Sermon on, on the Mount just expanded. It obviously draws from the Sermon on the Mount of which it, much of what it says. It lives in the shadow of the Sermon on the Mount. Let me just show you the comparison with some verses between James and the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is found in Matthew chapter verses 5 to 7 in one place. James 1.4 says that uh, God works so that you may be mature and complete. And Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount that we are to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. So they reflect each other. God wants to grow us. Now, none of us are perfect, but we can be being perfected by God's grace in Jesus Christ. You have a beatitude in the book of James. James 1.12, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Just as Jesus spoke beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount. Chapter 5, verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted. In James 1.22, be a doer of the word. In Matthew 7, 24, Jesus said, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the man who built his house on the rock. James 2, 5, God has chosen the poor in the eyes of this world to be rich in faith, to inherit the kingdom. In the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5, verse 12 of Matthew, blessed, Jesus said, are you when people persecute you? In the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And James 5, 10 to 11, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets. We consider blessed those who persevered. Matthew 5, 37, simply let your yes be yes and your no, no. Anything beyond these comes from the evil one. Above all, my brothers, do not swear 
not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no, no, or you will be condemned. That's James 5.12. So you see how these two books, these, these two passages very strongly correlate with each other. You also see, as I've talked to the book of James, I haven't given you as strong an outline as many of the other books because it really is like a book of Proverbs. Just again and again and again, verse after verse after verse, God has some things to say to our lives that can encourage us today. So what I want to leave you with as we come to the end of this is just some simple things that God might want to be working in in your life today. Maybe you're facing some problems and you need to be reminded of the truth from James I need to consider it pure joy. Not that I have a problem, but that God can work through this problem. Maybe you're facing some temptations right now. And you need to be reminded from the book of James that God who cannot be tempted by evil is the one you can look to in your temptations. Maybe you've said the wrong thing to someone. You've stumbled in many ways and has been with your tongue. And you need to be reminded that God is able to give you grace even with your words. Maybe you've been struck. James chapter 4 talks about quarrels with others. Maybe you've had quarrels even with other Christians. And you need to be reminded from the book of James how deeply hurtful those quarrels are and how God can help you to live in a new way. Maybe you've been feeling lately that God's just not answering your prayers. You, You certainly haven't prayed that it wouldn't rain and it didn't for three years and that it would rain and then immediately it did. But I'm here to tell you that even though the answers don't come maybe as obviously as in that moment, God is working through every prayer. He's working in their life. He's working in your life. He's working in the circumstance. And sometimes his answer is yes. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's wait. But he is at work because faith works. Don't fool yourself just by listening to his word today. Put it into practice. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for God's word. We thank you that we have something to put into practice. And so today, help us to do what you said. to to build on the rock, to not only hear what you said, but to put it into practice in what we say, in how we pray, in how we talk, in the way we face temptation and problems, in the way we love the people that are around us. We want to put your word into practice in our lives today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, don't miss next week. I want you to finish as we complete our quick survey of the New Testament.